When you think about the future of your children, what do you see? What values do you hope they have? What skills do you want them to possess? And what lessons do you want to teach them so that they can avoid the same struggles you had? These are the questions that Billy and our guests on the Unlock Your Child's Full Potential podcast explore. We all want to be the best moms and create an environment where our children can blossom into the best versions of themselves. And we all need a little help and guidance along the way. So listen to the Unlock Your Child's Full Potential podcast to learn more ways to parent with intent and raise thriving kids. Just click on the link in the show notes to learn more. And now, back to our episode. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Real Life Mom podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Foster, and Real Life Moms is all about connecting moms through meaningful conversations and powerful stories. I believe that moms are so much more than just moms. We each have our own unique strengths and superpowers, and my strength is inspiring others. In this podcast, we want to help empower you to tap into your unique strengths and become the best version of yourself while teaching your kids to do the same. You will hear real life stories of moms just like you who have unlocked their potential and now want to share their wisdom with you. So let's get started on this week's episode. And today I'm welcoming Becky Tilly to the show. Hi, Becky. It's so wonderful to have you here today. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you. Becky, I just love what you stand for and what you're doing and embracing your own uniqueness. And you have your own personal story. So I would love for you to share that with us. Thank you. Well, yeah, embracing my own uniqueness was a long time coming. It took a good 38 years. And it was actually thanks to my son being born with a rare chromosome issue called uh, hypotonia, which is low muscle tone. So they all said in NICU that he had floppy baby syndrome, which was really frightening at the time because um, two weeks into that, the pandemic hit as well. So my anxiety and my fears were all through the roof. And this led to a whole 18 months of blood tests, specialist consultations and my husband and I were just thinking you know we already had a daughter at the time and we thought you know we're all we're all okay like we don't have any rare disorders or anything like what could it be and we were all wondering and questioning and I didn't think for one minute that we would have any relation to whatever my son had so it was an enormous shock when 18 months later I saw my phone flash up with geneticist on it I thought oh my gosh why would she be calling and then I realized she's she's got a diagnosis I had that like gut feeling that she had it so if it wasn't enough to hear we've diagnosed your son with Coulin-Devree syndrome which I'd never heard of in my life mm-hmm. so just before I had a chance for that to settle she said he inherited it from you Becky and that was honestly I think what felt like the biggest shock of my life this rare chromosome disorder I'd never heard of that caused my son so many issues for his first year of life, needing physio and, you know, the blood tests that he had to have. So I was blindsided by guilt and also complete shock yeah. all at the same time. But it actually, at the time, was a breaking of me, but it became the making of me and opened the door for me to fully accept myself and everything that made me different. And you had your own kind of symptoms of this growing up. You just didn't have an actual name for it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, once we were diagnosed, I Googled couldn't freeze immediately to think, what are we dealing with here? 
And yeah. I thought, and is there anything that that I can connect to? Was anything that resonates with me? And as soon as I saw a developmental delay, moderate to mild, mild to moderate intellectual disability and learning difficulties, I just went back in time to my school days. Mm-hmm. All the struggles I had with maths and English being special educa- education classes and being bullied, a lot of frustrated teachers. And I thought, wow, that all makes sense. And something I should also mention is at the time of the diagnosis, I was actually four months pregnant with my third child and was informed that she also had a 50% chance of having KDVS too. So it's kind wow. of like a triple diagnosis when you think about it, because she does actually have Coolin DeVries as well. So really, the three of us were diagnosed pretty much at the same time. That is so much to handle yeah. You're such a positive role model, and I know that's what you're trying to be for not just your kids, but the community in general. And I yeah, just absolutely, yeah, so important. But once again, like looking back at your own path, how did it feel to actually have like something that may give you some reasonings why things were happening even in your childhood? It was actually really freeing because I always begrudged what made me different and I saw it as a reason to be against myself. I felt like all the negativity and bullying I got, I kind of internalized and I saw, I would say the same things about myself that they said. I don't fit in, I can't achieve anything, I'm stupid. All these things I kind of labeled myself as and created my identity around were all turned on their head once I discovered, guess what? These two little kids who brought into the world, they've got the same thing you have. So how am I going to show up for them? And I knew that when I was a kid, I never had a role model for the syndrome that I had. I never had a role model for how to look at being different in a positive light or the fact that I didn't learn the same as everyone else. I had no idea how to see that positively or be remotely empowered by it. So Mm -hmm. I thought, well, this is my my chance and my opportunity to give my kids the start in life that I never had. I love you kind of rewriting the story and making it a positive story, not for just, you know, your children, but also for yourself to embrace that uniqueness. So I guess one question is, you know, when we're told so many things, like it sounds like you had some bullying and a lot of challenges to go through how do you rewrite the story to take out all those other stories, get rid of those voices, and now look at it differently? I did it in the most literal sense. Mm-hmm. That can be spoken figuratively to rewrite your story. But I, I literally yeah. put a pen to paper and did that. Because regardless of my struggles and being in special education classes for English, it was my favorite subject as a kid I loved to read and write so much even wrote my own little book with little cartoon animations I drew with it so I wrote my first my first book when I was about five years old with Mm -hmm. dreams of being a writer so it's funny because I lost sight of that dream for so many years just doing nine to five going from job to job and I hadn't thought about writing for so very very long and then later in life I was told you've got a really encouraging nature you're really nurturing and for some reason I thought oh maybe I can send you a message of encouragement because they're having a down day I said hey um here's the message of encouragement for the day keep going and 
they were so appreciative. I thought, oh, I should start doing this. So I send family and friends like weekend encouragements, <laughs> that kind of thing. And some appreciated it. Some were driven mad by it. But like I knew it was something that was on my heart to do. I was like, God, I'm really enjoying this. This kind of makes me feel like it gives me a purpose and I feel fulfilled by it. And so I kind of kept on doing that. And I didn't really realize at the time how powerful rewriting your story is. And it wasn't pretty. It was not at all a pretty or easy process to do. I actually followed a program called Self-Authoring by Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. And I took a deep dive into my past and took all the significant events I analyzed and went through line by line the things that injured me, the things that made me feel like an outsider, that I didn't belong. Um, and I really got in touch with the hurt that caused me as a child. And I think being so connected to that hurt really drived me even deeper into, okay, how can I make this better for my kids? Mm-hmm. How could, What can I do so they don't have to feel what I felt as a child? It didn't just affect me as a child. That negative start in life followed me right through to adulthood I had the same issues at work that I had at school in some ways in terms of how people would view me so I've just turned my weakness really into a strength in terms of like I believe I can help so many people because Mm -hmm. I don't believe you need a rare disorder to feel like you don't belong in this world that you don't have a purpose or that -hmm. you don't fit in I think that insecurity and that fear of not belonging, I think, is in everyone. So I yeah. think, wow, if I can use my story, I've rewritten to one of empowerment and, like you say, owning what makes you different with joy and passion and purpose. If I can do that as someone with anxiety disorder, then I really trust. I know it sounds cliche that anybody can. <laughs> as in, yeah. A living testament to what is possible when you look at my background and the disorders that I have you know if I can make that happen and turn myself and my life around Mm -hmm. then I really hope that at least provides hope to someone else that it's possible for them too yeah and I think that's so important because people when they see somebody who's so relatable like yourself who has these challenges who've heard these stories and have overcome they're inspired to do it too So what do you want to tell those people out there who are listening that have some of these insecurities that have really kind of probably slowed them down in life, not really going forward to do that thing they wanted to do or not seeing themselves in that positive light? I would say a huge part is to, even if you don't rewrite it as in pen's paper, but in your own mind. Mm -hmm you know, take that dive into your past, ask yourself, the identity I have today, where did that stem from? Who contributed to that? Who labeled me from a young age? And does that sit well with me? Do I want to own that as my identity? Because I didn't just do it all through book writing. I've had so much therapy. You know, I've spoken to a lot of counselors, put it that way. Um, And a lot of it has been to do with past issues, And so I've really done so much inner work. So I love to say there is an easy road or a lift to to get to that place of of self-acceptance and better still being able to inspire people through it. But it it is honestly a very, very long 
road. And I would say you really need to find a purpose greater than yourself and your story to drive you to make that change. You know, for me, a big part of that was my children is all I had to do was think for two minutes of them repeating what I went through. And I couldn't, I literally couldn't live with myself if I didn't step up and do my part for them Mm -hmm. to have a different start to what I did. And I just used that. So whatever reason you can find, whether it's your children or just maybe when you look at your life and maybe you'll think after doing the counseling and digging into your past, like, you know what, I've wasted so much time and I've given so much power to other people. You know, everyone's road is different. So someone's else's path to this place could be very different to mine. Mm-hmm. And maybe you might get a revelation of like, you know, what, I, I'm not owning that label anymore that people have put on me. I define for myself who I am. For me, yeah, it, took, it took years. So I would say to be prepared. It is possible, but to be prepared for how long and how hard that road will be. And I hear so many things in this. Like, first of all, finding your own purpose, right? Which I think takes a lot of inner work in itself. Just find what is that purpose that you're striving for exactly, whether it's for your kids or whether it's for yourself to be fulfilled and and feel good about yourself so that your kids see that, right? Because our kids are watching us. Or maybe it's a certain people you do want to help or a certain skill you want to have, whatever that purpose is. I think that's such a core part because once you can find that, then it's easier to rewrite that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's kind of evolved over just over time. I mean, at first, I just wanted to support and encourage others in the rare community, other parents and uh, with children like like me who had the same disorder I had. I just wanted to be there for them and offer hope and encouragement, which I'm glad to say I succeeded at doing. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know what, I really think I can take this message further because I I adore being a mum. It's like the greatest gift. You know, I, I love my family to, in words that I can't even describe and I'm very wordy. <laughs> but I also wanted to create for the first time in my life, like you said, for myself, I wanted mm-hmm. my own identity as a strong, empowered, not just mother, but woman. I wanted to be a strong woman in my own right that could empower other women, whether they're mothers or not, to like I said, to look at their backgrounds and define for themselves what they stand for, what they're about and what they want their future to be. You know, mm-hmm. I just decided that I will continue to inspire the rare community. It's like where I find home, but I want the world to hear this and to see what I've achieved and who I've become and how I've turned my life around. So, because, I mean, I think it's easy. Like I said, as a child, I thought I'm less than everyone else. I'm the one that's that can't learn this or can't learn that or is different. But actually, I think we've all got our own inner battles and inner self-talk that makes us feel kind of low or down or like we can't contribute to this world. And it's just that message to say you can, you do have something, as you have said that I've read before, you do have a gift that's inherently inside all of us. There's something mm-hmm. inside of you that only you can offer and if I can help encourage someone to tap into that then wow that's like my my mission fulfilled in a lot of ways I love how you said that we have to look to where those stories started right yeah because when we look 
where the story started, who are we actually listening to? Like, was it you're listening to that bully that doesn't even know you? Or was it yeah. stories passed down from our our parents that are, were just trying to do their best? Like, yeah. they're so yeah. insignificant and in, in really who we truly are, right? So, yes, yes. yes they a part. And yes, it's in our subconscious and in our cellular layer even, right? But I love that fact of really doing that work. And it is work. Let's all put it out there, right? Like, me too, me too. Like, I started doing this work probably late 40s, early 50s, right? I'm 50 yeah. now and yeah, working yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it never ends either. <laughs> it never ends. And you're right. It will never end. And I think that's an important piece too, because we need to keep rewriting our story. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just like you said, right? You started this mission to help the community, but now you want to take it out to more, everyone can be learning from it because we're growing yeah. and it could still keep being written. So important. Yes. And I think that, that's such a key thing you picked up on is that it's ongoing. I think the biggest mistake is to say, ring a bell like you've made it and then get complacent because it's that humility as well to accept that even with all the inner work and it's so important to acknowledge how you've changed and where you've changed and like you say use that to be a light but to know that it's an ongoing daily process and you always you need to continue to show up for yourself every day because you never know like from my experience with the diagnosis you never know what life's going to toss at you next and you need to be ready as in you need to be continually working on yourself and that growth mindset and how to stay secure in yourself and moving forward with purpose to be able to endure more challenges that come your way. And I think the more you keep at it, then the more stronger you become for whatever hurdles that will, that will inevitably, I think, come next. And I feel like we can't be afraid of those hurdles easy to be afraid of those hurdles. But I think the scariest thing, someone once said this recently, and it it, it is the scariest thing. If the scariest thing is to look back in a year's time and see yourself in the same exact place that you were a year ago. Yes. It's less, right? Yeah. It's less scary to look back at yourself a year later, even if you didn't move ahead and you moved a little bit behind, but you moved. You move. Oh, right? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid of those hurdles. Those hurdles are important, whether you move back or forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think, like you say, the greater the vision you can create in your mind and your purpose of what you want to do and achieve and become, then the less those fears take hold of you. I think my anxiety, like I said, disorder I've had, it used to be so crippling and so extreme. That I think the reason why it has so much less of a hold is because I'm continually making my vision bigger, my mission bigger, my purpose bigger. So the, the bigger that I grow in terms of my personal development and what I want to create in the world, then the smaller that becomes. Like you said, it doesn't become this big dominant fear that's that's holding you back and keeping you locked in a place in the past you don't want to be. You can keep running and keep moving forward into either moving towards something or running away from it. So I think the more you can move towards and have that mentality of this is what I'm heading for, this is what I want, this is what I want to create, then the less 
the past has a chance to get a hold of you like it once did. So you're doing this role modeling, not just for your kids, for but for everybody. But what do you think you've now in your new purpose, what have you put out to the world that you want them to learn and see? I know it sounds really simplistic, but that you are the narrator of your story. Because I think in daily life, we can completely lose sight of that. Like Mm -hmm. you say, I don't think anyone generally speaking in life is conscious of why they are the way they are. Or maybe they do know, maybe they do know, you know, it's because of my past, it's because of what my parents thought about me or the kids at school. And and this is why I'm the way that I am. So maybe they are aware of it, but they don't grasp the fact that they can change it, that they can rewrite that and become someone new. So I want to be the voice and the example to those people, because I think that's the most important thing is I know when I wrote this book, I just said 100 percent. I need to be ready and willing to live by these lessons I'm teaching, you know, because that integrity is so key and important to me. And sometimes people ask, you know, they hear my story and they say, so you've got KDVS and your kids have. What are you so happy about? That why are you like why are you smiling is in you know <laughs> and and it's because um it's because of that inner work I've done it's because that narrative that used to hold me back and keep me small and and afraid like you said and anxious and terrified to express myself to the fullest that's gone like I am I am free and enjoying expressing myself in all my fullness and I just think so why wouldn't I when I've reached that place emotionally and mentally and spiritually now I'm here and I know all of the blood sweat and tears it took to get here how could I not be ecstatically happy with a smile on my face to reach this place of freedom within myself and I just think so like you said it's another way of saying you can have that too Maybe mm-hmm. right now life's a bit of a meh feeling as in like, you know, nothing to be really excited about, but you can like, and you can create all of that within yourself and the visions you create for yourself. I feel like you, you should answer those people who ask you, why are you happy? I would say, because I'm the writer of my own story. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's a great answer. And I literally am. <laughs> yeah. So of course I'm writing a positive version of my story. Why not? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I've lived the hard painful version so I want to rewrite a version that's going to free me from all that and to you know create something new in my life one thing I I do love about you is that you put yourself out there you just strongly stand out and say this is who I am and that's very infectious like that's contagious we want to be like you like (laughs) I want to have that confidence too but I have to ask like because it's hard it's so hard to put yourself out there and just be you so like is there a secret that you have because I'm sure it wasn't easy to do that so is there a secret that you have that you're just like here I am I'm here (laughs) (laughs) love it or leave it yeah, I think I know the difference now. Mm. I I know what it is to be afraid and you know, terrified to kind of express even a little bit of who you are. I know what it is to blend with the crowd, to stay in environments and in company that is detrimental to my health and well-being, just so I'm not alone. I've lived that and now I can 
take an outsider's perspective by rewriting that narrative and saying, "Do is that something I want going forward? No, no. It wasn't like all I've got to do is is take myself back there, have all the feelings that I once did, all the fears, insecurities, remind myself of how that felt, remind myself of the person that I was when I had no freedom in who I was. And I'm like, there's no way in hell that I'm returning back to that. As in, so actually the contrast of of you know being so much less than who I could be is actually what what reminds me and I all I need to do is think back to who I was and I'm just like you just keep moving forward girl do you just keep going as in like I'm not returning there for anybody I only said that to my husband today as in like as in I wouldn't care who anyone was I would not return back to that for for anyone I think and that is where my strength comes from oh my gosh I love that and it 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 really inspires me to do the same it really does even though I'm out there right like I'm out here I'm on a podcast I'm yeah, talking yeah. I don't know all the time I'm putting myself out there I it's still scary it's still scary and I still find myself trying to figure out who I am like oh is this really me that I'm putting out there because I want to put out me find that me voice within all this is sometimes yeah sometimes challenging yeah 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 completely it took so long and I, and I never want to be you know false about that in, in terms of the work it took which is what I write in my book as well I talk mm-hmm. about my childhood I talk about the negative influences that I've had I talk about having no positive role model as a child and how that affected me not just then but in adulthood so I've really spoken about my journey so you really see in my book my evolution from my childhood to becoming a mother to how that inspired me to find myself because I want to teach my kids to stand in their light as that you know not just as a parent but as like their own individual so again I've had to do all of this myself but it is it is the best thing I could have ever done and I've I'm really loving being myself like I never have before and how do you see that this has affected your children what do you see them doing that maybe they wouldn't have done without you doing this role modeling. There again, there's such free, happy souls, and something that my son, Josh, who has Kudin degrees, lately this really touched my heart, and it's perfect answer to your question. Something really sweet because again, he's so full of love and life and laughter. And I went to drop him off at nursery, and obviously there was a gate and there was the front garden. And she turned to all Josh's friends and said, hey, everyone, Josh is here. And I thought, oh, that's like announcing his arrival kind of thing. And she said, oh, I had to tell them because Josh goes around and gives everybody a morning hug. Oh. And she said, and everyone was waiting at the gate for the hug from Josh. <gasps> and she said, oh, he even gives one to the staff as well. And it just, it absolutely melted me. Like, I was like, happy tears kind of thing. It was just such a beautiful thing to know that everyone at nursery couldn't wait to see my little boy in the morning and have the morning hug from him and I just thought again he's such a free happy little soul he just goes in and he's himself he's got so many friends um which which again is is a joy because he uses sign language to talk to all his Mm. friends and they just all embrace him and even after nursery we'll be walking along the road home and then you've got kids going mommy it's joshy it's joshy and all waving to him kind of thing it's like my boy is so loved and he's so so accepted and you know he's such a special part of that nursery and like that just 
for me, it's like I couldn't want for more than that as his mum, knowing knowing the syndrome that he has, for him to be for him to have that belonging and that love where he goes to every day. It's like it's such a, a beautiful blessing. And what I'm hearing is that he's as positive as you. So job well done. Like <laughs> spreading, you want to like spread all this to the world and he is doing it within his own classroom. Yes, that's true. And I do, and I'm always, always encouraging him and building him up and celebrating progress, whether it's an inch or a mile. So he, he knows he's loved. He goes into nursery knowing he's loved, that he's celebrated he's encouraged and I think so as soon as he gets through the door he that's what he's giving out he's giving out that that love and encouragement he receives himself oh, beautiful and it's a reflection of what you're teaching them yeah yes yeah so okay you mentioned rewriting your own story and actually rewriting like writing a book so tell me a little bit more about your book what's the title where can people find it all of it oh yeah it's on Amazon it's called Thrive Rare embracing the uniqueness within and it again it kind of evolved with me to be honest I planned on doing a quotes book because I love to write quotes I love looking up Pinterest quotes like motivations of the day so I thought oh I'm gonna write my own so I wrote literally one for every day of the year um on a mix of faith love and life I just wrote something and I was going to call it Mama's Heart. And then I thought, actually, when I looked at it, just seeing a list of quotes page after page, I thought it looks a bit bare. And, and I just wondered what, what I could add to it to personalize it a bit more. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'll add a life experience or thoughts on life experience to go with the quote. So I did that. And I thought, you know, people really need a takeaway from all mm-hmm. this. They don't just want to read a page and then move on to the next. So at the end... I write something to remember, which is that little thing, that that little nugget of wisdom that someone gets to take away and think, right, so that was the message. And that is what I can take from that and think about and see how I can implement that in my life. So it became like a self-help memoir in a lot of ways. And I absolutely loved writing it. It was an absolute joy. And it's something that I'm extremely proud of because... I've looked up different um, self-help books and self-love books and those kinds of things. There's a lot of wonderful books out there, but none that have been written in the style that mine has or by somebody with Coup de Devries syndrome. So it's it's really incredible that I've kind of given something literally to the world that anyone can read from any walk of life or any country, whether they're in the rare community or not, just something for them to take from my life to, to say that you can be, like said, the narrator of your story. This is how I did it. This was my journey. And it obviously ends with the conclusion of how I became the woman I am today and what my message is now. And yeah, it's like even talking about it, it's like, oh, it was, it was my labor of love. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, it sounds very powerful. So I, I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm excited. Oh, it. thank you. <laughs> yeah. And what if people want to connect with you? Where can they find you? I'm on Instagram, so Thriving Rare on Instagram. I've got a Thrive Rare Facebook page. I've got a Thrive Rare YouTube channel now, which I call Thrive Tube, but that's just me naming it something cute. And I've just joined Twitter as well. So four platforms now I'm on. Awesome. They can reach you on any of the above. What would you like our listeners to hear? What message do you want them to really walk away with from today? Just that 
you have the power to decide how your story is going to continue. You know, maybe obviously none of us had the power or can take the power into going back to our past and rewriting that in terms of at least going back through it literally. But you can rewrite what it means to you in the present. You know, I, I took the deepest dive, as I said, into my past and I've written it now in a way that's empowering my present and giving my future a purpose. So even the darkest times, the loneliest of times, the most traumatic of times from your background, because I think so many of us can use that as a reason not to move forward because mm-hmm. of what someone said, because of a traumatic life experience, and it can easily keep them stuck. So I just want to remind everyone that you can get unstuck and it's the most powerful thing you can do because only you have the keys to making that happen. Only you can do the real work. People can hold your hand and walk you through that process, but ultimately it's on you as to how you change your story going forward. So that power is within you. You've just got to decide to take hold of it. Uh, Exactly. I mean, don't let others write your story be the of your life. Yes. So thank you, Becky, for coming on. I have to tell everyone that you are awake at, at what time is it there? It's midnight or 1am. I don't even know. It's 102am in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So what people don't understand is like, when you are <laughs> recording from across the world, people like you, Becky, that are so committed in getting your message out are awake at 1am to do that. Yeah. So Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, honestly. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode and I am personally inspired by Becky's positive outlook on life and how she was able to literally rewrite her own story. I will hope that everyone is able to walk away feeling empowered from today's episode and become the author of their story. Our mission here at Real Life Moms is to inspire 10,000 women to embrace their own uniqueness and live the life that they desire. So help us spread the word. Tell two friends about this podcast and subscribe to the Real Life Moms podcast today.